Maybe, if she was lucky, a quiet night would follow. Just her and Rourke, she thought. Some wine, some dinner, maybe a vid, some sex. When a murder cop ended up with a busy billionaire businessman, quiet nights at home were like the biggest, shiniest prize in the box. Thank God he wanted those quiet nights, too. Maybe sometimes they did the fancy bits. It was part of the deal, part of the marriage rules in her book. And more than sometimes, he worked with her over pizza in her home office. The reformed criminal with the mind of a cop? A hell of a tool. So maybe a quiet night for both of them. She set the coffee on her desk, took off her coat, and tossed it over her deliberately uncomfortable visitor's chair. Paperwork, she reminded herself, and started to rake her hand through her hair. Hit the snowflake hat, she tried not to let embarrass her. After tossing that on top of the coat, she finger-combed her short, choppy cap of brown hair, sat. Computer, she began, and her desk link sounded. Dallas. Dispatch, Dallas, Lieutenant Eve. Even before the rest, she knew the shiny prize would have to stay in the box for a while. With her partner, Eve walked from 6th Avenue where she double-parked her DLE. With a scarf of purple and green zigzags wrapped around her neck, Peabody clomped along the path, shooting unhappy looks at the snow blanketing everything else. I figured, hey, we'll be in court, and we got temps in the 40s. I can wear my cowgirl boots, no problem. If we've got to go tramping through the snow, it's January. And what cop wears pink to a murder trial? Rio had on red shoes, Peabody pointed out, referring to the APA. Red's just dark pink when you think about it. When Eve thought about it, she wondered why the hell they were talking about footwear when they had three DBs on tap. Suck it up. She flashed her badge when they came to the first police line, kept walking, ignored reporters who pushed against that line and shouted questions. Somebody had their head on right, she decided, holding the media hounds back out of sight of the rink. That wouldn't last, but it kept what was bound to be complicated a little simpler for the time being. She spotted more than a dozen uniforms coming or going, and at least 50 civilians. Raised voices, a few edged with hysteria, carried clearly. I thought we'd have more civilians, more witnesses. Eve kept scanning. Bodies drop, people run. We probably lost half of them before the first on-scene got here. She shook her head. Media doesn't need to get within camera range. They're going to have dozens of people sending them vids. Since nothing could be done about that, Eve set it aside, flashed through the next barricade. As she did, a uniform peeled off, lumbered toward her. She recognized the 30-plus years vet and knew the relative order established was due to his experience and no-bullshit style. Farik. He gave her a nod. 
He had a dark bulldog face on a broad-chested bulldog body, and eyes of bitter chocolate brown that had seen it all and expected to see worse at any moment. Hell of a mess. Run it through for me. Got the first dispatch at round 1520. I'm baby-walking a rook and had him doing some foot patrol on 6th, so we hot-footed it. Had him start a line back a ways, keep people out. But Christ on a crutch, you can't block the whole freaking park. You're first on scene. Yeah. 911s started pumping in, and so did cops, but people were already running from the scene when I got here. Had to work with park security to hold what we could. Had some injuries. We got MTs in to treat the miners, but we had a kid about six broken leg. The way the wit reports shake out, once you cut through the crap.